Oh, hello. My name is Samantha Gordon, and you are listening to Lively, Empowered, and Sometimes Zen. So today we're going to talk about the meaning of Zen. So let's set the record straight now because sometimes people have a misconception if they haven't read the description of my book or they haven't read my book in its entirety and they think that maybe you have to wear a loincloth in order to go along with my message, which is completely not the case. The word Zen that I'm using in this context is just the lowercase version of Zen. The uppercase version of Zen is sometimes what people assume my book is about. That uppercase version is the noun and it belongs in Zen Buddhism. My book and my message and my practice has absolutely no religious connotation to Buddhism whatsoever. I am simply using the lowercase Zen, which is a synonym for peace. The only reason it is capitalized in my podcast title and my book title is because Proper English, okay? Professional communications. That's the only reason it's capitalized. Otherwise, throughout my book and in other usage throughout sentences, it's always lowercase. The only reason it is uppercase is simply because it's a title. So in the dictionary, it is actually the lowercase. Okay, have we said this enough? It's a lowercase sent. <laughs> and I remember I went on some podcasts and it was very clear that the podcast host had not read the description of my book and this was right at the beginning so I think I had just recently released my book so they didn't even have a chance to pick it up or anything and they they had their questions kind of arranged before our podcast and that they really didn't realize that my book was so lighthearted and although it was dealing with very serious topics it had nothing to do with Zen Buddhism. So really through the conversation, it was quite funny. That being said, I have studied world religions. I took a class in university and part of that class was Zen Buddhism. And of course, the lowercase version of the word that I'm using in this context has been derived from the original Zen Buddhist traditions but I'm not actually encouraging anyone to embody the traditional practices. It's not something I do either. I really am just encouraging people to find their inner stillness and find their inner peace so that they can be resilient and make the best decisions for their life going forward. It's actually scientific. We need to make sure that we are in a good place mentally and emotionally when we're making decisions because otherwise our neocortex so the part of the brain that is important for making decisions it leaves the building if we're in this fight flight or freeze mode so that's why it's so important to make sure that we are becoming objective to our surroundings and embodying this stillness at least long enough to get a grasp of our situation and make our next best step. So the neocortex is the part of the human brain that is suspected to be the originating area for 
higher cognitive function. So it's really important that we have this area fired up when we're making those important decisions, especially if we're in this crazy circumstance or we are encountering a crisis. And I'd say most of the world, all of the world is going through a rough time. We're in it. We're in the thick of it. There's a lot happening and it is more important now than ever that we're taking control of our inner world because what's happening externally we don't have necessarily any control of. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But we can't rely on our external world to dictate our inner peace and our emotional functioning. We have to learn how to have that emotional regulation within ourselves so that we don't lose our minds, right? So that's all about why we want to get Zen. We want to get Zen so we can be peaceful and it's for a very practical reason. We're not trying to get Zen because we think it's in vogue, because we look really great in yoga pants. Although if anyone wants to sponsor me for yoga pants again, like please reach out. I love new spandex. (laughs) I wrote in my book that shopping is not the answer, but It's not not the answer, you know what I mean? (laughs) But the most important thing, of course, is that we work on our internal world. But Lululemon, if you're listening, call me. (laughs) The benefits of reaching that point of Zen and having that inner peace within you to access at all times is that you become such a pillar of peace. You become the person that people come to in crisis. And (laughs) maybe you're like, I don't want people to come to me in crisis. I am dealing with enough shit. (laughs) But my point is, is that you become really that person who embodies stillness and people look up to, people want to learn from, and you really emit this light into the world. Also, hello, you don't run around like a chicken with their head cut off, which is really not a good look. And so often when we don't have this inner Zen or we're not even working on ourselves, we all met those people, the people who are perfectly nice people, but they have all this unhealed trauma. And when you come across them, they are so not self-aware that they aren't even able to work on their own shortcomings and Their thoughts are actually creating their own reality in a negative way and they're creating their own crises in their lives and repeating all these patterns that have been conditioned in their minds from childhood. And I won't name names, but maybe they're listening right now. And none of us are perfect, right? But the most important thing is that we are taking steps towards our own healing As they say, hurt people, hurt people, and healed people, healed people. So when we heal ourselves and we work on finding this Zen within ourselves, making sure that we're connecting to our own truth and our own authentic nature. And if you're someone who identifies with having anxiety or depression and you think that's you, that's actually not you. That's the expression of your thoughts Who you are deep down is a peaceful person and it's just all about accessing that peace and finding ways to embody your real authentic self. And no one is saying it is easy and it's not the same journey for everyone. I do believe that we are born not only with a certain set of 
genetics, but also we grew up in very different circumstances. And if we grew up in a very chaotic, abusive environment, of course, it's going to be harder for you to learn to embody this state of peace. But I think the benefit of having gone through really tough times in your childhood or in later years is that if you decide to come out of it, you will have this depth and this compassion for other people and yourself and your experience will be so much greater and so much fuller than someone who has not been to the deepest, darkest points of life's experiences. And having gone through a crisis already, going through the second one will actually be easier for you if you learned your lessons the first time. And although I'm not talking about it on this podcast, I have been through some shit in my life. No one goes ahead and writes a book about a crisis if they haven't experienced one. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Let's start there. It was funny because the other day I was in a store and when I was paying at the cashier, the lady had asked me, oh, do you want to donate to this particular fund for women who've experienced whatever whatever and I had replied to her quite candidly oh I'm going to be donating to myself and of course she saw in my eyes that I was really coming from this genuine place having experienced that myself and of course I was just making kind of a dark joke but also just being realistic like I've experienced that I'm gonna donate to myself And we ended up having this really heartfelt talk just for a few minutes and just acknowledging each other's experience. It's a lesson in vulnerability and openness and authenticity. I think those moments where you connect with a stranger and have just these real conversations out of nowhere are so fantastic. It happens to me quite a lot. I think it's because I have... You know how they say people have resting bitch face? I think I have resting friendly face because quite often people strike up conversations with me. And I know when I've told people this before, they're like, it's because they're attracted to you and they're men. No, I'm not talking about just guys coming up to hit on me. I'm talking about, you know, old ladies and, you know, women my age, whatever. Everyone tends to come up to me and just open up about what they're currently going through and I don't know why but I assume it's probably because they feel that number one I'm not a judgmental space number two that I'm quite open and honest myself and number three that my name is Samantha and in Hebrew it means the listener (laughs) no I don't know I truly don't know why people feel so open around me but I love it I love talking to people and In a personal setting, I'm definitely super open and really receptive to having any sort of vulnerable and authentic connections. And I was going to say that really that's what life is about, but that's a whole other episode right there. This episode's about Zen. Don't get off track, okay? (laughs) But the reason being Zen or 
looking to find your inner zen or even working on your self-development in any capacity is so crucial to living a full healthy life and being a full emotionally capable human because someone who is self-aware and coming into a conversation having experienced any sort of trauma or crisis and seeing the part that they played in that or seeing how behavior or actions toward them have shaped their responses and seeing how it plays out in current situations it's so amazing and it's perfect and then meeting someone else who you know has similar traumas but is not aware it really makes life tricky when it doesn't need to be but you're here right now so you're obviously someone who is embarking on a inner work journey or maybe you just have a crush on me no i don't know (laughs) wishful thinking (laughs) but at least you're listening to this you have some sort of interest in meditation or finding zen or just being the best person you can be i honestly think that is the greatest gift you can give yourself that is the most important quality in a person is someone who wants to be better that is the most important thing because you really have to have that desire and back it up of course you can't just be like oh I would love to be better but instead I'm going to be playing video games instead of reading a book that could help you learn more about yourself or listening to a podcast that will aid in your healing in some way It shouldn't be a surprise that I am very, very into self-development, self-empowerment, and Zen. What is the title of my podcast? I think it is so fantastic. I am really impressed with anyone who is taking this journey. I am taking the same journey. I wrote my book because I needed to heal from a crisis. I am still healing as a human. We all are. I've never met a person who is completely formed. And the people who think they are fine are usually the most broken ones, okay? (laughs) The ones who are like, oh no, I'm fine. Like, I'm normal. That just means that they are not (laughs) self-aware. They are, in fact, at a much more infant stage than someone who is aware of their shortcomings and working on themselves and reading books and doing their best to heal themselves and meditating and really delving into self-care and understanding the broken parts of themselves. So don't be fooled by anyone who thinks that they have it all together. And unless it's me 30 years from now. (laughs) No, that would be nice though, wouldn't it? Like listening back to this podcast and going, ah, no, actually I have reached enlightenment, (laughs) dear grasshopper. But I will never forget, it was, I think it was Eckhart Tolle's wife was talking about Eckhart Tolle at home. And, you know, of course, he's this fantastic man. He's this visionary. I think his work is fantastic. But he is also human. And his wife was really shining light onto the fact that he is very much a human and very much has flaws and isn't, you know, some enlightened being in her kitchen every day, right? So it's a good reminder that we are all humans, we are all on this journey together and we all want to find Zen even if we have never used that word 
the word Zen is not in our vernacular. It doesn't matter. We all innately want to feel peaceful. We all innately want to feel like we belong. We want to be comfortable in the world. We want to feel safe. Oh, that could be a whole podcast episode right there. We all want to be safe. And that is why it is so important that we take time to find the Zen And first to understand what it is too, because we don't need to be doing these esoteric practices. We don't need to be standing on our head. I mean, I enjoy standing on my head, but it's not going to get me closer to being Zen, right? Yoga is a fantastic practice, but you don't need to be inverted (laughs) in order to access peace. Although it is fun. And you certainly don't need to eat cloths. Oh my goodness. So when I went to go do my yoga teacher training in Asia, we had this yogi family from India teach us the very traditional yoga and we used our very traditional textbook. I'm sitting on the couch right now. The yoga textbook is in my faraway shelf. I can't read the title from here, but It is a very traditional yoga textbook and inside of it, it actually has a section where they encourage you to eat a two point, I believe it's 2.5 meter cloth for cleansing. Okay, so (laughs) there's a lot of these kinds of practices out there in yoga and different traditions in the Eastern world that they promote to become more enlightened but I am not on board with that (laughs) if you want to if you want to eat 2.5 meter cloths like you go right ahead but this podcast is maybe a little more modern a little more analytical and involving a bit more science I don't know how clean that is for your intestines Does it reach, like, I guess it just goes down in your stomach? Like, I don't know. Doesn't seem sanitary. Sounds like you might get some sort of worm infection after, right? (laughs) So essentially, if I haven't made it clear already, the type of Zen that we are going to be talking about and this journey to peace is going to be more practical. It's going to be more realistic and it's not going to involve eating 2.5 meter cloths that we spit out and then tell ourselves we're cleansed. (laughs) So let's get official up in here. What is the actual definition for the Zen that I am using in this context? According to the Cambridge Dictionary, the definition of Zen for us is relaxed and not worrying about things that you cannot change. I think this is such a beautiful definition because it reminds us that we need to be calm and understanding that we don't have 100% control or sometimes any control over our external circumstances. So there's no point in worrying about things that you cannot change and there's no point of stressing yourself out over things that will only drain you and won't amount to any sort of outcome. Actually, one of the press interviews I did for my book, I used this analogy about getting on the Zen horse and that you have to ride off into the sunset 
on your zen horse and i think that's so great i should have put it in my book next time right (laughs) but it's such a great analogy i find because it really reminds us that if you fall off the zen horse which you might the horse might kick you off you just get back on and you get back on again and that's the beautiful and the forgiving nature of this road to finding our inner zen it doesn't have to be serious and it doesn't have to be stressful either. It's maybe not the easiest, but it is guaranteed to be easier as time goes on because like with everything, practice makes perfect. And as I've said before, it really comes down to the science of mindfulness and the science of neuroplasticity. Once you practice something over and over, it creates these neural pathways in your brain. And so it becomes easier. It becomes a paved road to Zen in your brain. The more you travel down that particular Zen path, the more you're putting down the concrete so that for next time, you don't have to go on the gravel road to Zen and have things flying at you. You now have a beautiful paved road with streetlights. And you know how to get there. You don't even need Google Maps anymore. (laughs) You know it like the back of your hand. And of course, this doesn't happen the very first time. So if you're new to meditation or you're new to finding inner peace or you're new to self-development and self-empowerment, you know, maybe you spent all day crying today. Maybe your life is a complete hot mess and you feel you've made a mess of all your relationships and your careers in flames. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you are trying and that is the best thing you can do. And that is the only thing that matters is that you put one Zen foot in front of the other. And even if your feet aren't Zen right now, they will as time goes on. (laughs) And so I want to leave you today with a really zen scene that I experienced last night on my walk. I actually wanted to talk about it in my previous podcast, but I ended up talking about whatever the hell I did (laughs) in my last episode. But it was so beautiful and so magical. I was walking down the street with the street lights lit up. I ended up running into a friend as well. But the street itself was just so serene And it really had that chill in the air and that smell that fall had arrived. I don't know if you know that smell, that scent that happens. It must have something to do with the leaves on the trees turning over a new leaf. (laughs) But so here I was. It was nighttime and the streetlights were lit up and the leaves were still on the trees, but you can tell that they were ready to drop at any moment and that in the coming weeks, they will all be on the floor. And this wonderful sense of letting go overcame me. The beauty of being able to let go of what doesn't serve you letting go of experiences that have come into your life and their time has passed, letting go of people who've come into your life for a reason and now you can set them free so that you can move on to the right people in your life and you can move on to the right circumstances. I think autumn is just this wonderful season, not just for pumpkin spice. (laughs) I'm, I'm meh about pumpkin spice, but it is this wonderful analogy 
of letting go and this reminder that we don't have to hold on to the past. And in fact, the sooner we let go, we can welcome in a new version of the experience that is meant for us or the next step in our Zen journey or the next step in the growth of our life. I think our lives are here as a series of lessons for us to evolve into better people and to really live out our life purpose. And I know I laugh a lot and I'm, I joke around and I'm silly and I'm playful, but at the core of who I am is I'm quite a thoughtful person. I'm a loving person and I'm an analytical person. And I really hope that this podcast amongst all of my <laughs> silly iterations of whatever's coming out of my mouth at any given time at the core of it I hope that you are able to find not only that inner zen within yourself but that you become a better person for it because that's really all I'm working towards just being better than I was yesterday learning more than I knew yesterday and being more loving than I was yesterday and you don't have to be a Zen Buddhist to do it. We're going to do it the lowercase way. We are going to be in a state of non-worrying despite what kind of ridiculous things that are happening in the world. If you would like me to continue to make these podcasts in the dark by myself, <laughs> please rate my podcast five stars. Like, share, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. And let me know that you enjoy it because then I'll keep making them. As always, you can follow me at Sambay Zen all over the web. Until next time, stay Zen. Ooh.